thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. Gee, the uh, the lack of uh, humil- humility before nature that's being displayed here is a uh, uh, staggers me. Indeed, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yay! Welcome to Brewing Podcast. Hi, buddy. I'm a, I'm Andrew, and, or, I, and I'm Brad. I'm yeah. How's everybody doing? How is everybody doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Good. 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 How are you doing? Doing fine. It's getting cold up here. Uh, getting ready for the old Thanksgiving time. Tell me about it. It's it's a, it's seventy degrees. Oh, it's sixty five degrees here. Oh, bundle up, kids. Yeah, I know what cold is. Mm-hmm. Actually, I I know what cold is, and this ain't it. No, no. <laughs> uh, well, it's uh, it's good to hear your voice. And it's good to be talking yeah. into a mic. Heck yes. Um, and I guess it's about time to blather about beers and movies. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, it what must do you be have? the Brew and View podcast. Oh my goodness! Oh no, you. What, hmm? what are the are the people calling it anything? Um, critics. The critics are saying it's the show that finds a way. Yes. Ah. Uh. <laughs> uh. Uh, nice little Jurassic Park theme tonight. Yes. 
A classic. Anyways, uh, I'm having a beer from Parish Brewing, which is a local favorite down here. It's it's brewed in Broussard, Louisiana, or uh, as people outside of New Orleans might say, Broussard, Louisiana. (laughs) And uh, it's a little callback to another show. (laughs) Um, You know what? This is pretty wild. I'm having a beer that was bottled on the 7th of this month. Oh. Ten days ago, that's... this made it into the bottle, and now it's in a glass that I stole from a brewery. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's, that's how you adult kids. Um, I am having a beer from Parish Brewing called Nova Vert. It's got nice. a really cool label. I do that like that. The, yeah. Spaceman. Yeah, and Spaceman? if you... Uh, uh, space person it's mm-hmm. 2017 and uh their visor it it glows oh yeah yeah it's a little foil. a little um, daft punk for you yeah so this is in a uh, hazy ipa according to them uh their little uh, synopsis of it is pretty funny we can build it we have the technology make it juicy and dank make it creamy and rich it's about being hoppy, not about IBUs. I don't know about that. Uh, this mm. IPA is neither East nor West Coast. This is new school. So it's that's called, a lot of talk. It's Big called talk. yep. It is. It's called Nova Vert uh, by Parish Brewing. To repeat myself a third time, sorry. Uh, and it's good, but I have a problem with it. Mm. It's good with a caveat. It's uh it's a very hazy IPA. I see that. Um it's a very good hazy beer. But Parish Brewing makes a beer called Ghost in the Machine, which I reviewed on here. Yes. Which is a fantastic beer. It's hoppy, it is about IBUs, and it is hazy and dank. Mm-hmm. Um and this while it's a good beer, I gave it a three two five on Untapped. Uh, I'm getting tired, and I think it's where I'm at. I'm getting tired of the hazy IPAs. Okay. Summer's over. I understand it's not going to be cool down here, but we don't need to keep making the refreshing IPAs. I got gotcha. you. We can you up the that, IBUs. Um, we can hop it up like- a little bit. We can uh, we can make some darker beers, uh, a little imperial style. No complaints here. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, a, the, it's a good beer, but like if it's brewed seven days ago or yeah. ten days ago, like what are you doing? What are, like what are you right. aiming for? This is a great summer beer when it's ninety three, and the humidity is seventy percent. Yeah. It's a great beer. Just just soak the tub in. Let the tub soak you. <laughs> um, but I've had this beer already, and I've had it better, and I've had it better by the same brewery, and that's what bothers me. Yeah, that stinks. It's a weird thing to complain about for a beer that you'd rank 325 um, because it's a good beer, but it's just – I guess it's the familiarity with the brewery is – and the um, kind of climate of the area, it's a lot of either sours or hazy IPAs. Yeah. 
And, and it's just, it's not for the season, right? Yeah, it feels like it's time to move on. Um, that being said, fresh, well done. If it's not about IBUs, okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's it's, it's a lot of bluster, though, you yeah. know? I mean, it's a right. lot of it's a lot shit of talk. talking. It's a lot of talk. Um, but if you, I mean, it is dank, it is creamy, um... It's really not rich. If you're talking about like mouthfeel and body, it kind of just washes right away. So it's, it's a nice light IPA. Um, and, you know, their whole thing, it's not East or West. It's new school. You've done it better already. So kind of, yeah. kind of bummed out by that. But it's, but it's also like how. Like where you're at, too. It's, it's, yes. So it's a little bit on you. It's, well, yes, it is. It, definitely, definitely. But it's it's also a little bit like, how much are you going to look a gift horse in the mouth? Because yeah. it's like, they, to rank it a 3-2-5 and be complaining about it seems crazy. But right. there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. So it's a good beer. It's definitely a good beer. But I've had it better by the same brewery. And again, I'm repeating myself, so sorry. But... It's it's just kind of of a bummer that it's come to that, but it's still a good beer. So. Okay. I don't know. I well, I you look like you're having a fantastic beer. So let's talk about that. All right. Yeah. Um, well, this is the last installment, and it's cool that we've kind of had the the whole evolution of this thing, and it's come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So. Months and months and months ago, I talked about this uh, this beer that I helped make. Yeah. And tonight, I am drinking uh, Nuclear Storm Brewing Company Number Twelve, a Russian Imperial Stout fused with mead, aged in red uh, in a red wine barrel for twelve months with cherries and raisins. Mm-hmm. And this is the the barrel of the red wine barrel that I bought for my wife because I am that guy. Hell yeah! And uh, <clears throat> and picked up the barrel last night along with a six pack of this beer, which may or may not be coming. I know I've been threatening <laughs> and promising for, but I do have one, two, three. I have three set aside for certain people mm-hmm. across across the country and all all parts of the country. Uh, but you will be getting some of this. This is a uh, like I said, it's a Russian Imperial Stout. It it is. Uh, it's 13.5 ABV. So as the, uh, as it aged in the barrel, it's been getting higher and higher in the ABV. Um, and it is a, it's a, it's a thick, and when you talk about mouth, mouthfeel, I mean, this thing comes through, like, as soon as it hits your lips, you're tasting the cherries, you're tasting the red wine, you're tasting like all the things like there's nothing subtle about this beer. It is all, uh, uh, front of the mouth type thing you know it finishes it finishes pretty good um and uh it does it does dry your dry your mouth out a little bit Mm -hmm. with that um which which that tartness well it it comes along with that red wine you know yeah red wine type thing where you know if you have a glass of red wine or you know not a sweet one or you know like a merlot or something like that you do have that dry mouth at the end of the you know, after you've drank it and haven't had anything for a little bit and mm-hmm. have been talking on a podcast for a little while. Yeah. Ooh. So, um, but yeah, this, um, it's rich. Um, and it's, 
you know, it's it's probably not for everyone, but for me, because I had a part in it and I saw the process and uh, it was very um, really just tangentially involved. But uh, I was just the modality, the mode, the mode of anyways. Um, you were the catalyst. Let's be honest. You got yeah, this whole thing going. I, Yes, I uh, I stretched the canvas, and then everyone everyone else did the painting. Yeah, exactly. How's that? And you know what? That's a very important and very important part. Where are they going to paint if you don't stretch yeah. that canvas? On a rock, on Get some out. cave walls. Who's going to see them? No one respects that. No. Known fact, well documented. <laughs> so this is um, you can definitely taste the alcohol in it. Like I said, it's a real like it. There's there's nothing at all subtle. Like everything comes in the first like second you taste it. Um, and then there's just hints of everything and you're trying to figure out what's what. And it's almost, uh, kind of disorienting as you're drinking it, uh, because you don't know what you're, you're concentrating on. But, uh, overall I like it. And, um, because my buddy brewed it and, um, yeah, it was kind of a cool thing. Now I get to bring it down here in the basement and, uh, bring the barrel down and make a bar top out of it or tabletop. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got a story to it instead of you just bought it. Yeah. yeah. And I think I'm going to keep one back for maybe a year from now and see what it, see what happens. I like that. You know, I like that. Yeah. So, uh, yep. It's good stuff. And like I said, it's It's a very limited run and only a select few will get some. And hopefully, uh, UPS doesn't F mm. up anything and, and, <laughs> and ruin it. So, I, but, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. That's, that's hearsay conjecture. Nah. That's what I hear. Well, um, but yeah, you can hear and see or look and see what we're drinking on uh, Untapped. We're Brewview Pod, no spaces. Uh, and those who are following us on Untapped, Tyler from Hartford, Wisconsin, having a Black Note Stout from Bell's Brewery. Ooh-wee. I like that a lot. Bell's is great. Uh, yeah, uh, our hot butter buddies are. Big Bells fans. Um, new Orange them. Peel, having a crafted lager. Much needed. It's <laughs> good. Mm-hmm. Toast he is, ale. A, he, he is having a, uh, a Bloomin' Lovely session IPA as well. Uh, so that's that's a, you know, a little bit more clever. You know, they go with the dry humor over there, well, I've heard. The thing that's funny about much the much needed, it doesn't really translate... Um, Verbally, yes, verbally, it's it's more K N E A D needed, and uh, it's it's listed as a toast ale. Yes, it comes. It it, yes, it's 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 not. What is that? What is that? A toast ale. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's something you toast with. Sure. Hey, you're still feeling Uh, good all the time. uh, Ross is having a clear. I don't know what that is. So. Do you know hmm. who Ross Vivian is? Ross who? Vivian? No. I assume a, a listener who we who we appreciate very much. But Oh, yeah, for sure. I just yeah, didn't know yeah. if uh, he'd reached out. He or she. Don't mm-hmm. want to be gender uh, binary here. Um, uh, but, yeah, uh, Brant had a, a, a scratch. Uh, Trogues is putting out some good scratch beer right now. I had some over the weekend. with. Uh, nice. I did have some good beer this weekend. Uh my cousin who 
who recently retired. I always say graduated from the from the Air Force, but it, <laughs> I guess he did. But he retired from the Air Force here recently. Uh, just moved up like within an hour and a half of me. So he came up this weekend and we had lots of beer and a lot of fun, which is fun. We had some scratch from uh, Trogues Brewery. Is uh, he did he he lived in Florida? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He was on. He actually worked out of uh, Cape Canaveral. Yeah. Oh, okay. He, okay. So right, he right. he's like he was in charge of the, uh, I think it's the forty seventh Air Airborne. They uh, they do the uh, flight, uh, all the all the air uh, space flight stuff, yeah. and he's also you know flown satellites and you know all that stuff. Now now he's working for the NRO, which is pretty cool. Uh, so Nothing he's a super spy. Yeah. He probably knows not so. Fair enough. Nice. Nice. Um, like like Brad said, untapped. We have a lot of fun over there. What what to drink, what not to drink, what's everyone else drinking? It's Brewing Good Pod. Um, excited for any pumpkin ales or anything coming out now? I, I'm, like, I could um, give or take anything pumpkin. Uh, shout out to Brennan T., who uh, is a follower on Untapped and also a close personal friend of mine, but hmm. mostly a follower on Untapped. He uh, supplied me with Dogfish Heads Pumpkin Ale. Um, he put together a nice Dogfish uh, six-pack, well, a five-pack, and also threw in a Tall Boy of Steel Reserve because what good, that's, what good that's friend how he, doesn't that's how want to kill you? And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so um, we... The first time I had that was when I came down to visit you. Steel Reserve? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, wait, wait a minute. What, say it again. Steel Reserve. It's a oh, malt no. liquor. Yes, yes, yeah. I had it because we stayed at some podunk hotel out in the middle, not even in the Panhandle, like somewhere outside of Tallahassee. Yeah. And... uh yeah, I went to the uh, the 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 gas station right beside. I was like, "Huh, what can I get?" Oh, look, Ice House. Oh, what's this? And I had that. Had quite the upset stomach. And that night, I saw Quinciera. Is it what? What do you call? A, a, we went to eat at some. We ate alligator mm. at some weird little place and saw a. Uh, yeah, f- yeah, fifteen-year-old Latina girl. Yeah, it was a really. Weird, weird, uh, weird night. Weird weekend, people... I'm sure. But that was when, that was when we first all got to meet face to face, huh? Yeah, wow. yeah. That's where uh, this this podcast was born. Like yeah. not even a month later. Oh we were yeah, recording. we weren't even doing the podcast yet. That's crazy. Yeah, that feels like so long ago. Hmm. Well, anyways, anyways, yeah. Steel Reserve malt liquor. Uh, anyways, uh, pumpkin ale by Dogfish Head. Even if it's the worst thing ever, I have such a soft spot for it. Um, I remember um, picking up a four pack from a local place on Racine and Taylor for the Chicago listener, and uh, uh, this was kind of before I was into craft beer, so it's always going to kind of have that special place in my heart, and uh, it was sure. good. And I like pumpkin. Pumpkin is is a good flavor. It's a good gourd. Um, But it doesn't need to be in everything. So Mm. I had my pumpkin beer. 
and it was from Dogfish Head, whom I love, and I'm good. So, good deal. Yeah, good deal. All right. Well, let's get and talk about movies. Let's talk about movies. Let us. Let us. Let us. Uh, you have a movie two weeks in the making. Yeah, yeah. It's been. Uh, we could say we've been having a conversation about it for a while. Safe to say. Mm-hmm. So, from 1974, uh, the conversation, uh, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is his follow-up to the first Godfather, if I'm not mistaken. It me... is. And can I throw out a piece of trivia before we even discuss the movie? Yeah, hit it. So the conversation is his passion piece. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I want you to so, chime in big time on this. So, yeah. yeah, so he made The Godfather for Paramount. And um, there's an old adage that one for me, one for them. Right. So he made one for them with The Godfather, which is widely considered one of the best movies ever made. And... The reason he, The Godfather was one for them. That was a studio movie. His passion project was The Conversation, which is largely forgotten. Right. Um, and yeah. That, and that juxtaposition is just so interesting to me because The Godfather is just such a, a, a movie that's just rich with uh, uh, everything that makes f- movies art, film art. Um, and the conversation is just not really part of the landscape of great movies anymore. So, right. So it's just an, it's just an interesting thing the, the, the trade off because there's so much, a lot of times though, those art house movies are later remembered with, with great reverence and, and they develop their, their, uh, audience over time. Whereas right. it's it's the complete opposite with the conversation in The Godfather. So yeah, something I've just always I mean, found very interesting. No, it, I mean it's a good it's it's a good way to look at it because this um, I, I really feel like this is a movie that's kind of ahead of its time. It feels mm-hmm. like a Nicholas Winding Refn, like if he were to make a movie back at that in that time, like to make um, to make a big picture mm-hmm. and try to try to examine some stuff but let me get get the uh uh the what do you call it out of the way the uh the superfluous or the the meat and potatoes out of the way it stars gene hackman john cazale uh uh, terry gar shows up a young young uh uh, uh, harrison ford uh which you won't recognize there's there's a bunch of people in here you're going to recognize as far as um Oh, uh, uh, well, this is kind of a spoiler. I'm not going to... Well, um, uh, Robert Duvall shows up in it as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, you know, was a nice surprise. Um, well, what am I doing? I mean, it's a... Well, you know what? It's streaming on Amazon right now, so you have the chance to watch it. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched it, and chances are, if you're listening to this, you <laughs> if you're a big-time movie lover, you may have seen it, but if you're uh, a newly found movie lover, you may not have seen it. So It like, goes under the a... radar. Yeah, uh, it, this is a um, so hmm, I guess okay. So we get Gene Hackman is the lead role in this, and he's a um, kind of like a it, 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 he's like a private eye, but like a 
he's like a subcontractor for uh, surveillance. Okay, mm-hmm. so like in this world of uh, the water, in the world of like Watergate and stuff like that, you know, where you know people are, you know, uh, surveilling and, and you know uh, catching people in the midst of stuff. It's like the high tech of the high tech. Like if you were thinking about, well, this is this is an old movie as well. Oh, look, my wife's coming down to see us. Oh, hello. She's interrupt- interrupting our conversation. You want to... S- no, just saying hi. Let her know that her faux hawk is fantastic. Yes, my wife is... Uh, she's Pink is her uh, one of her favorites. Uh, but anyways, um, so there's a movie called Sneakers. There's a movie called... Uh, um, I'm trying to think of some other stuff like uh, tech kids and and gadgets and stuff like uh, um, it, this is like the high tech end. Like he was a, kind of exploring this high tech, um, trying to explore a we uh, an old story in a new setting of this high tech gadgetry, which to us to like to the 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 nowadays viewer mm-hmm. kind of looks kind of silly because it, it it looks rudimentary um but what we do what he does is examine this guy's life a guy that his is obsessed by his work he's a uh he's a uh <clears throat> he, uh kind of a social outcast um uh you know probably falls somewhere in the spectrum as far as uh, uh, uh maybe a not autistic but like couple stops away from it on the the highway um and this is this is uh uh, gene hackman and like from what i know of gene hackman he's always you know i always remember him as like um and not that he's dead but he's been retired for since uh what is it, Mooseport or something? The mayor of Mooseport. Uh, oh yeah, welcome, to, welcome, to welcome. To, yeah, I think is that welcome what it's to Mooseport. No, um, no. But like, I always, I he's the bombastic, um, eats up the screen, mm-hmm. uh, larger than life actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this in this role, he's the he's very subdued. He's very. Hmm, uh, he's kind of like the driver. I like I I found some real um, similarities to Nicholas Winding Refn in this, and like I I saw uh, uh, Gosling's character in his character uh, Harry uh, Harry Cole. Yeah, um, I like that. I, I I saw some similarities to it. Um, so basically, it examines his life, what he does for a living, and and whenever he's forced to confront a moral dilemma. You know what's what's how does he react to it? But um, in the same, like there were some really good parts of this movie, but there are some, and I, I find this in a, a lot, not the big ones, not like Jaws or or uh, or Godfather or some of these, other, but you find weird asides in the middle of these movies. Like there's a probably a fifteen to twenty minute scene in the middle of this movie where all the all the spy kids come and gather in this warehouse where they have all their spy equipment. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's an awkward scene. I, I don't know. It doesn't really fit in it, but it, there is some really good acting. It just, it just doesn't fit in the context of the story. Yeah. And, 
Um, but like I already knew what his character was. Like it, it had um, the bombastic, um, like I don't know. It had the bombastic guy that wanted to get um, uh, uh, Gene Hackman's character to um, to buy in and and team up with him. And uh, it, there's some great like. Uh, uh, play between the 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 other characters in it, like uh, John Cazale and stuff. Um, it's it's just a it's a weird, awkward scene in it, and like I don't know where why it fit in there. Um, but it, it but there's some great shots in it, and I I I like this movie a lot. But it's a it was a not a hard movie to watch. It was just a. It's not one. I, it's not like Godfather. Like you're not going to go back and revisit this. I don't. Right. And isn't that what's? I. I mean, you. you I already hate to said keep it, revisiting right? it, but it's so strange that you you have the kind of well-known rule that one for me, one for them. Godfather seems like one for me because it's such a beautiful artistic endeavor. And the conversation almost functions as one for them. I don't want to write it off because it is an endeavor in, unto itself. But um, but it, it felt like is, he poured himself into The Godfather. And it felt like this was – it was a script he got from the studios right. and did the best he could with it. And this is also – this is – um, he's working on The Godfather 2 at this time. Right. And um, another piece of trivia, I don't mean to – nerd out on this but this was just this was no how about it my my brief stint in film school this is one of the the things that we discuss about so um this movie is a kind of homage to the um antonino movie blow up which uh came out in 1966 and it's long been documented that um Coppola was working on the script for the conversation since 1966. So okay. it's that strong of an influence on him. And basically uh, the blow up for people who haven't seen the blow up is it's about um, the, the conversation, the audio recording is the thing that is, that is poured over that is really examined um, and, and uh, the technology, et cetera. And as a, as a quick aside, like it was the way that they did that was fascinating, right? It just like showed up in the middle of conversation. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, whatever, but like it was, it was so ubiquitous throughout, like it was like, that was the overriding theme mm-hmm. and it was, it was, it was interesting how he worked it in. Sorry. I didn't mean. No, no, you're fine. So, so basically the conversation is the audio version of blow up and blow up is about photography so it's it's very much you know an homage movie um but it's just it's just to me it's so strange because the godfather is such um it's considered high art and and i'm in agreement with it i think it's one of the best movies i've ever seen hands down i i Mm -hmm. think it's 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 poetry in motion uh, along with the godfather part two um it's it's tough to choose between the two and um those are big studio movies. Like it's just one of those things that nowadays the the script is almost flipped, where 
the great movies are these these things you got to kind of dig for and you got to mine for these gems. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these guys get like, for example, Jordan Peele. Like, I just use him because I I think we're going to be talking about him a lot in uh, with Oscar season coming up and Get Out being such a such a runaway hit. That is not a um, studio movie. That is a movie that he wanted to make. Right. That'd be like Jordan Peele making Iron Man four, and then making Get Out, but Iron Man four is considered, you know. The, the, yeah, the the, the, the temple or yes, the 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 one that everyone the artistic looks at peak. Says. Yeah, yeah, that'd be like if if Get Out was forgotten to time, and Iron Man Four was considered an artistic peak. So it, right. it's just weird the way that that worked out. It's it's the opposite of what we'd think of today. You know, you do the small indie movie, like Patty Jenkins. You do the small indie movie, which does really well and gathers an audience over time. And then you get Wonder Woman, which is just an instant smash success. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's uh, and and, and it's smart on their part. I mean, it's it's business. I mean, it's what they do for a living, right? So, mm-hmm. and it, in the in in the in the film studios know this as well. I mean, you you attach a big director to a a passion project, and right. you get you're going to get. Uh, uh, nominations and all that stuff. And that's what, you know, people, they're going to pay money. I mean, it's right. all, it, you can say it's passion. You can say it's business. It, you know, it, it can be kind of uh, a glass half empty person might say. Eh. Right. Yeah. So, you know, with everything going on in Hollywood right now, it's hard not to uh, be a little cynical yeah. when it comes to the, uh, the motivations for the uh, Hollywood elite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think any way you slice it, the X Men franchise is screwed. Which, makes well, bummer. You know what? Uh, you know what? I would rather not have another X Men, as long as Brian, if Brian Singer gets his comeuppance, because. But also, uh, what's his name? Brett Ratner, who did uh, X Three. Hmm. Uh, he's he's in trouble too. Yeah, they're and, all in trouble. It, and speaking of Wonder Woman, I mean, she's she said if because uh, right, he was a big backer yeah. on Wonder Woman, yeah, and she wants said him if out. She, if, if she's done, if uh, and she's the best thing going in the uh, DC universe. If they lose her, that that whole that whole franchise is gone. Like, yeah, yes, yeah. Um, that's man, that's that's such an interesting interesting topic, and I feel like we since we podcast about movies it's one of the things we've not overlooked i i think you and i have kind of had our personal conversations about it and then we talked about the mo- the movie open secret yeah. but we talk about the movies themselves and maybe yeah. not what's what's circling around but it right. i mean it's so at the front of everyone's mind right now it's like holy crap like everyone you know whether well, it's louis ck or you know yeah. at one point in time you know uh harvey harvey uh, weinstein biggest he was the biggest guy in Hollywood at one he point. Could, you know, yeah. he was a tastemaker. Yeah, he could make you, for sure. Yeah, and uh, I, I guess I don't want to, because, because you and I were, were movie fans, and 
um, I also think we're we're decent human beings. So I don't I don't want it to seem like we're short. Speak for yourself. I don't want it to seem like we're shortchanging the issue. Yeah. No, and we're, we're not. I mean, but we're pretty knows. focused like, on like yeah, we're focused on the movies themselves. Yeah, and it, what's what's a shame is like it's hard. You know, I mean, Woody Allen's a really good example, and mm-hmm. thought that you and I are big Woody Allen fans, but there's a ton of Woody Allen fans out there. It's hard to separate the art from the artist. Yeah, or or um, you know, I mean, just it's easy. Um, well, I think I said that about Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski, Chinatown. right? I mean, Chinatown's one of my favorite movies, but if it if it's it's sucks to say it but like if it comes down to um you know chinatown or someone not being abused i can live without chinatown yeah so i guess that's kind of just our stance on it eh, it's worth checking in on i guess but well i i think we solved it yeah yeah so don't chinatown's already made so just check it out but Hmm. you know any new ones i'm just kidding i'm i making light of something that's not funny. i know no it's like uh, you know it's know. yeah it's tough as a movie fan to kind of navigate that because unfortunately it seems like uh it seems like it's something that the industry is is pretty solidly built upon at this point what's crazy is like the people who <laughs> the people like i don't know uh, you know that have been hated for years because they're they're uh, misogynistic and all this stuff are now getting kind of a uh, like yeah this is what I did but I never did that you know like you <laughs> yeah, know I might have said getting, some things but you know what not this that guy. and it's uh, it's nuts man yeah. I like I'm I'm hoping somebody comes out with something about me like I you know uh, you know. I, there's some controversy around this podcast. That yeah, gets us one of us pub. needs to get sued because I think the uh, I think Meandies, uh, what's the um, Blue Apron? I think they'll they'll come flying in as soon yeah, as for sure as soon as there's a lawsuit against one of us. Sure, and I think they're coming. I think they're coming. Yeah. We're pretty we're pretty messed up. Well, I know one one sponsor is gonna we're gonna lose this. this uh, uh, Shambaugh Carpentry. I'm pretty sure that that uh, they're gonna really that... want to distance themselves. From yeah, yes. yeah, understood. Anyways, anyways, I uh, conversation. I'm... I really liked it. Uh, Good. It's it's not it's not for everyone mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but and there's like definitely there's some definite um 70s feel to it. But there's also like I could see so many movies in this movie. Like people like modern day. Uh, uh, directors stealing from this, or not stealing, but like inspira- in, being inspired from this. Yeah, like people... Nicholas Winding Refn was one, of, like the one that like stood out at the top because like I he is so hit or miss for me. He's like there's great, and then there's like Valhalla, awesome. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, Drive, great. Uh, Neon Demon, <laughs> tough watch. Yes, tough watch. And and you know drive or. Dr- is it drive? Yeah, drive. Drive. Yes. Um, that's that's not for everyone either. That no. can be hit and miss for a lot of people too because it's so stark and so bleak and all that stuff. But like, um, but th- this so is this movie, right? Uh, you mm-hmm. get uh, and you you get you don't know what's you know what this guy's what this character is and who uh, 
what his motivations are and you, you see him kind of spiral out of control and um or at points but then you think he has it all together and you it's it's a hard one to kind of put your finger on and like any i, I think there's some uh, we could talk about endings sometime um mm-hmm. where like ambiguous endings oh yeah are good, good sometimes one. and uh, they're bad other times you know they're like Sometimes there there's a need to have a uh, uh, it wrapped up. Yes, I'm in. But other times it's okay to be ambiguous. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. I I think that there's a right time and a right place for the ambiguous ending, and I think the ambiguous ending gets a bad rap because too many people use it haphazardously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So agreed. But, agreed. But ambiguity can be a great tool. In finishing a movie, sure. And speaking of metaphors and weird things, holy shit! Have you seen this movie you assigned me? I haven't. Okay, I was, so you, so I was you, anxious to watch it, and I kind of hesitated to see. Well, is it worth it? Holy cannoli! Let you make. Uh, let the me tell you. Decision. I watched a movie called Raw. Um, it came out in March of 2017 in France. It is billed as a drama horror, and uh, it is about when a young vegetarian undergoes a carnivorous hazing ritual at vet school, an unbidden taste for meat begins to grow in her, and it is written and directed by Julia du- Julia D-U-C-O-U-R-N-A-U. Um, Ducourneau. Sure. She's known for movies like Raw. And uh, well, all right. First off, it stars Garanci Marier and Ella Rumpf is as well as another uh, a whole is this is a, a subtitled bevy movie? of great people. It is subtitled. Okay, it is subtitled. Look at um, me. Yeah. You're you're a prestige picture guy, and this really showed mm-hmm. it to me. Um, so, I'm gonna for this show. We'll, we'll talk about the first forty minutes. Um, this is the story of Justine. She is a legacy student. Her mother, father, and sister all went to this veterinarian school. And she's not coasting off their accomplishments. She is a top-of-the-class A student. And uh, so she she sh- um, shows up to this veterinarian school. And uh, right away, they're getting hazed. Uh, they're, they are uh, welcomed into the school through a crazy hazing. Um, I've never gone through a hazing, but this seems pretty intense. Um, I have. Okay. Well, people in ski masks were throwing beds out the window and forcing people to go to an all-night rave, which... Well, that sounds like fun. Look, sign me up. I'll be honest with you. There was, there was scantily clad men and women, boobs and bones. I'm in. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the, <coughs> that actually specifically, I do want to talk about the rave because it was such a great shot. So you are, it's a single take, very frenetic. You are following Justine, the main character, through this rave. Is like I said, she's a legacy student. Um, so her sister goes to this school. She's an upperclassman, and you are following her through this rave while she's trying to meet up with her sister. And it is just so well done. It It's one of those things where it's like, uh, I'll describe it because Kubrick, you know, is known for the, the long take. Right. It's almost like Kubrick on Coke. Mm. And uh, so really cool to watch. Or on E. Yeah. There, you know, there's no like butterflies yeah. and bright lights, but yes, probably. And uh, so, so this is a great long take. It's very frenetic. It's 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 fast paced. It's you know back and forth, and you're following through her through this take. And so the hazing, they they wake these people up in the middle of the night. So it's a lot of like, you know, young dudes in boxers and boxer briefs, and young girls in panties and bras. And so it's very like it's hypersexualized and. And um, it's neon, and it, it's just a really well put together shot, and it's it's done in a single take, and it, it it looks great. And it was one of the things that that really stood out to me in the first half of this movie. Um, really well done, and it really does a good job of kind of this juxtaposition that is going to be a theme throughout the movie of these really fun things that you associate with college, and these really crazy upsetting things <laughs> that um, might be uh, metaphors for things that college students go through. Like it might be a uh, physical manifestation of stress and frustration and anger and competition and all that. Or s- sex. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some of that's in there, but uh, holy shit. Um so we've talked about it in the recent past, too. We've talked about movies like Hostel and Saw. Mm-hmm. I really like both those movies. I really think both those movies are pretty great B-movies. Like, um, they're, they're fun horror movies. <sighs> Nothing. I think only one movie has ups, uh Upset me is a strong word because I really enjoyed it, but disturbed disturbed me the way that this movie disturbed. Really, me. this is so. And oh, I gotta watch this now. I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it. One of my I'm all, excited. One of my all time favorite movies is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and right. one of my associated memories with that is I saw that movie when I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. I remember it very specifically because I was old enough to know that this is not real, but it still disturbed me so much that I would not go down. I, I, uh, my family lived in the three story house. I would not go down to the main floor to go to the bathroom because <laughs> I, despite knowing better was so scared to be out in my house in the dark. Yeah. I for me it was uh it was Friday 13th. 
Oh, and we had a, an outside light that we had to go out to our barn to turn out what we called it. Was, uh, we had to turn out a breaker mm-hmm. on this box. And it, my dad always said, you got to go out and turn off number two, which was the breaker. And you just you had to go. And my brother and I, we, had, we took turns because it, it yeah. scared us so much. And we ran as fast as we could to the barn, opened it up. Turn it off so the people inside couldn't get us to close the door and got back inside. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. And you, did you know that it was irrational? Yeah. 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 That's how I felt about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I know that this, I'm watching this movie as a 29-year-old knowing that this is not real. And it was still so upsetting. And that's what I loved about it, truthfully. Like, I love that. It was so raw and so visceral that I could be, I could have an emotional response to this movie. I love horror movies, but they never really affect me. Um, this affected me. This was tough to watch. And as a, um, as a subtitled movie, you're really dialed in. Well, that's the thing about subtitles. You yeah. have to be. In, you're engaged. You have to be. You have no choice. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to spoil anymore. If you if you have a weak stomach, do not watch this movie. But this is such a great physical a body horror movie. Nice. Um, I gave it an eight. I loved it. I'm so glad that you assigned it to me. This is um, for anyone with a weak stomach. I I can't really repeat myself enough to say that this is not the type of thing that you want to watch. Um, but if you're willing to watch something that's that's kind of visually upsetting, um, it, it has such a good family dynamic. It's so well structured mm-hmm. um, as far as... Um, it's so well structured as far as the story goes. Um, as far as building tension goes, and there's um, specifically, I don't want to spoil it because um, it sounds like you're going to watch it, but there's specifically a scene that that is such a great misdirection that maybe we'll talk about in the weeks to come. But it, it's just one of those things where you're you're really expecting something gruesome, and they are effectively able to subvert your expectations it's so so much so like i i watched this movie by myself but i spoke aloud a couple of times okay sweet well that's what i love great movies it's like it pulls that emotion out of you like whether it's visceral or humor or or, uh uh, sympathy or empathy or whatever it is like a great movie is going to pull that out of you and it's going to make you feel something and like i'm i'm all in yeah on that like i'm in and i think um another thing that was so effective about this movie is they did not um they didn't really i don't want to say they didn't bank on this but this wasn't all they had the the gore and the the body horror was not all they had they they fleshed the story out no no pun intended they fleshed the story out they 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 create and explain and develop these characters and to me that's that just adds to it that Mm -hmm. adds another dimension to it that where you can pop in the you know uh, halloween fives the 
Hellraiser 4s, you know, all, all this stuff that, that just becomes a copy of a copy and becomes derivative and, and it has that, you know, mutilation and the blood and the yeah. guts. Aping but, off other stuff yeah. and, you yeah. know, just it, whatever the, 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 the thrill of the week or the thrill of the year is. Yes, know, We're exactly. going to make that same kind of movie, just with a different twist. Exactly. And this is such a well, re, uh, a fully realized movie that it's it's an absolute worthwhile watch um, awesome again weak stomach you don't want to see this I, I um yeah but good good movie uh it awesome. is it is streaming on netflix mm-hmm. uh it's called raw it is a french film um so there are subtitles but Please don't let that stop you. And and I think that that really adds to if you're not a native speaker, like I said, you, um, like we were talking about, you need to be dialed in. So you are really invested in and you're really paying attention. You're you're ready for the next, you know, sentence to pop up. And then all of a sudden there's there's some stuff. So so one of the first tip offs is there is a a. A, a rash scene and that was so oh, it was so bad but so it was so effective and that's the thing that that i really just love about this movie is it is so effective because it knows how and when to create these moments right so i'm i'm so glad i honestly don't know if you didn't assign this movie to me, I don't know how I would have found it. So, oh great, super. Well, look at me, look at me. Yeah, and look, look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Hmm. Sweet. I'm yeah. Awesome. So awesome, good. Awesome, awesome. So good. Tough watch. Don't. Um, this is a solo watch. <laughs> too. Oh yeah. Because you know those type of things where like you. You're like, oh, I might oh, let's, watch it with Liam. Let's watch this movie. Like, what did you? I can't even talk to you right now. This yeah, is the, why, this is that movie. This is well, like the, you're yeah, a sicko. Uh, Ot's probably would if she would. It's like, who are you podcasting with? Well, I was telling you, um, I I watched it today. Um, yeah. Before we did the podcast, because we were talking about it, and she's she's always curious. She's like, "What are you watching this week?" Et cetera, et cetera, and. Uh, I was like, well, I'm watching Raw. It's about a, a uh, veterinarian who goes through this hazing and develops a taste for human flesh. She's like, no, no, Good. I don't want to watch it. So she had to work this afternoon. So I came home, made a big bowl of chili. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a joke either. I really yeah. did. And uh, sat down and nice. go ahead and just think think about that. Yes. Sure. It's not a, a dinner and a movie type no, movie. no, no, no. But it's it's such an effective movie. It's just the type of thing that you really appreciate. And um, I don't know, just just well done, well crafted, carefully crafted. Shots are meaningful. Ideas are fully realized. Like all these things that you want from a good movie. Nice. And also pretty disturbing. <laughs> So. All in one little package. Yeah, sweet. I, just, I love. Uh, I hope. I hope that you and I get to talk about this either off the air or or on the show soon. There's there's one scene in particular I really want to talk about. So sure. 
Well, look forward to that in coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Faithful listeners. It's on IMD or on IMDb. It's on, it is on IMDb, but it's on Netflix. Yes. It's streaming yes. on Netflix. And the conversation is streaming on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, next week, uh, there may not be a next week. Oh, my. Well, we're, uh, the, the Thanksgiving holiday is upon us, and we both have family coming in or living with us already. Um, that uh, may pro- uh, prohibit us from recording next week. So if you don't get an, an episode from us next week, uh, you'll have one the, the week after. Yeah. So in in that vein, we're going to be uh, watching some movies next week mm-hmm. or uh, for the next time we, we gather around this. Yeah, I next time we get together, we're going to have a lot to talk about. We're going to do, um, instead of going back and forth, I'll assign you one. You assign me one. The two of us are going to watch yes. three movies. Yes. Uh, we're going to uh, two two movies, all three from this year? Or yes. Yeah. Is the wall from this year? Um, according to IMDb, yes. Okay. Yeah. So all three from this year. Um, uh, we're going to be watching the uh, the shoot 'em up 80 style uh, Atomic Blonde. Yes. Uh, with starring the lovely Charlize Theron. Um, oh, hell yeah. And we will also be watching the movie Wind River, which I've been super excited for. And I, I I'm upset that I missed it in theaters. But it, it, it's uh, directed by the guy who wrote uh, Sicario and uh, Hell or High Water. So yes. I'm interested to see it. What's his name? Uh, something Zach Taylor, Tyler, something or other. Uh, uh, ben Foster, <laughs> um, uh, Tyler Sheridan. Yeah, Ty I Sheridan. got that. I didn't even look it up. Taylor Sheridan. Remember, Taylor, Tyler, whatever. Yeah. And a uh, movie starring uh, uh, Kickass and John Cena. I have trouble. I think we talked about Sons of Anarchy before. I have yes. trouble accepting that it is the uh, deputy sheriff from Sons of Anarchy. Who's that? Taylor Sheridan. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I have trouble accepting accepting that such a poor actor has given us such some really movies. good movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's bad. That's, that it really. It, it's well, hard. I, yeah. He, uh, yeah. So he plays Deputy Chief David Hale in Sons of Anarchy. Interesting. Yeah. It's so weird. He's got the bad coma. Anyways, uh, Hell or High Water, fuck, such a good movie. And I'm, yeah. I, I am sticking to, uh, we did this last year, I am sticking to my guns, and I am going to watch Sicario again before the end of the year. God, I love that movie so much. So good. So just knuck, white-knuckled the whole way through it. Um, and the last one we're going to watch, yes, the last one we're going to watch is The Wall, mm-hmm. streaming on uh, Amazon right now. Yes. It is starring uh, Aaron, Aaron Aaron Taylor, right? Yes, Aaron Taylor Johnson. And um, John Cena uh, in a, a kind of a two-fisted uh, movie, like a, uh, just a kind of like a, you know, a, a limited storytelling, I guess, or mm-hmm. maybe... Uh, sparse acting like uh limited uh acting small set but, yes small yeah. set single set a play if you would if you will potentially yes 
I'm I'm very interested in this movie. Uh, you brought it to my attention. I had not even heard of it before. Yeah, I remember. Well, I remember but, watching the trailer because on uh, IMDb and it looks seen pretty it good. Like, is this? Yeah, yeah. So I'm interested in it. So uh, three, hopefully, potentially great movies yeah. coming up. Yeah, in the coming weeks. And the uh, least, but in the meantime, to, to satiate your, yes. what should you be watching and why? Haven't you watched this already? My suggestion this week. <laughs> I think it's, it's on Amazon, right? Or is it it's on, on Netflix. Netflix. Okay. For sure. Uh, it might be on Amazon as well. Yeah. I will double so, check. So, uh, The Masterpiece, my favorite movie of all time, Jaws. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like, Netflix. even if you've watched it two or three times, watch it again. And really just dive into the characters. Like every character is f- fully fleshed. Even if it's just the media relations guy for the mayor. Like you know who that guy is. Like there's no uh, wasted moment in this movie. And I, I and Steven Spielberg takes a lot of shit for not being on the set. And like, you know, everything was such a disaster. But he pulled it all together. And yeah. whether it's the editing, whatever. But everything had its place in this movie and i love it so much i'd love to just talk about this movie and dissect it for a whole episode but i don't know if people i would think really... i think we need to i think we're gonna because this is uh so this is your favorite movie this is a huge movie for me too i'm i'm on imdb right now and uh i i have given this movie a 10 yeah um, well why wouldn't you? Well, yeah, right. Why wouldn't you? Um, which is a very good question. Someone needs to explain themselves. But uh, I, you know, I don't want to steal your thunder. It's 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 your favorite movie, but it's a movie that I love too, and it's a movie that I think is infinitely. It's digestible as a movie. It's digestible as as a cultural touchstone, and it's digestible or or discussable. Um, it's worthy of discussion for so many different reasons. Um, and uh, so we might have to do that soon. We might have to do that soon. because That'd be cool. Like, I'd like to sit down and dissect, like, sit down by myself, dissect it, and get into you, get in with you, and just really talk about the different, um, like, the acts of the movie, how each yeah. one breaks down, how, like, how, yeah, just, there. It's it's a very dynamic movie, but such a simple, mm-hmm. simple Mm-hmm. layout of a movie it's like it should be a layup should be a creature feature it should be something that's so silly and not even uh, brought up on any other thing oh this is a giant hungry shark yeah. no it is so in-depth and so relatable in so many ways i just mm. anybody that says it doesn't hold up is just fooling themselves uh, yeah no because in the reason that it could never not hold up is because it never succumbs to cheap thrills no it never nope. becomes just, there's that creature one point feature. where it does one little one little quick two second scene um yeah. and i think it's the weakest part of the movie and it's um i don't know but love this movie yeah um yeah this fuck it's such a good movie spielberg right. has so what are you so many great movies them um but if you don't want to watch a touchstone film I have a pretty cool little documentary called Jerry Seinfeld Comedian. It's from 2002, and it's a documentary. And uh, so it follows 
uh, Jerry Seinfeld, obviously. Um, in 2002, uh, he just did an HBO special called I'm Telling You for the Last Time. And it was where he retired all his classic material. So, this is what's next. This is him. Put You get to see him put together. And this, to, in full disclosure, this, this guy is an icon to me. This is one of the great, you know, the greats that I look up to as... You know, in anything I I choose to pursue, I want to beat the Jerry Seinfeld of, Mm -hmm. you know, podcasting maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Who's to say? Um, But (laughs) this is a guy who's retired all of his classic material and is coming back to um, revamp his act and renew his act. And uh, it follows him. Um, Greg Giraldo's in it, Jim Norton's in it, Colin Quinn is in it, all these guys who are um, kind of came up around the same time as Seinfeld but never had the same cultural impact that he did. And um, so it follows Jerry Seinfeld as he's retooling his act. And it also, excuse me, it also follows a uh, up-and-coming comedian as he is trying to get his not type five, but his, his kind of special ready. And uh, I think it's a really great look into, um, standup comedy as a job. I mean, we, 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 uh, it is an art form in my opinion. And, uh, I think that we oftentimes look at it as an art form, but this kind of gets into the logistics of it and the, uh, buckling down and the, you know, writing in notebooks and the scratching out and the typing it out. And and I think it's a cool peek behind the curtain. And hmm. uh, I think it's a really well done documentary. And it's streaming on Netflix now. Cool. Yeah. There was um Corolla put out a, uh, he put out a movie called, did you watch Road Hard? Oh, I loved that movie. Okay. I did I love that, that movie. No, I think that I watched I it before. I think that this happened. You might have recommended it to me. Very possible. Okay. But I remember because uh, the After Disaster, which is a huge influence oh, yeah. on us as well, they dogged it. Right. Unrightfully so, in my opinion. Yeah, because it what the, the way you explained it, the way you, you laid that that out, whereas <clears throat> you know, it it kind of follows the same. It's kind of the documentary path. version of that. It's the the genuine true life version of that while um road hard is kind of bait while road hard is based on a true story this is the non-fiction version of that right it's yeah, yeah it's instead of like instead of the washed up comedian that has to go back out like the guy that lost his you know his yeah. syndicated show mm-hmm. and uh, through divorce and all that other stuff uh, this is you know seinfeld i mean he's not lacking for money at all no you know, no. but uh, this also uh, predates that by like twelve years. Yes, yes, for yeah. sure. So right. yeah, I just the way you were explaining. It, no, kind of, yeah, you're right. It hit absolutely. those hit those points. Absolutely, absolutely. Let me see if that's streaming anywhere. I think I watched it on Amazon Prime. I I hope it's still streaming because that's a pretty good movie. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a movie. Have you ever watched Red State? 
I know the title. Uh, it's uh, Kevin, Sm- Kevin Smith's. Oh, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. Uh, is that on Netflix? It, well, um, first of all, uh, Road Hard is streaming on Amazon. So nice. feel free to watch that as a, as a companion piece to yeah. uh, Jerry Seinfeld, comedian. Yeah, because uh, you got two weeks, um, guys. I'm, this that was just such a right turn from uh, Red State or from yeah to Red State, but uh, it is not streaming uh, Red right. State uh, unless you have stars. So yeah, huge. But um, I I'm gonna be movie. pretty I, busy. I would really, I would really like you to watch Red State sometime. It's two bucks um, to I, rent. I really think like. It's a cheap it, rental, so I might, I wouldn't mind it. I would say that, you know, as good as Clerks is, and as 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 uh, as revered and or, uh, you know, as you think, when you think of Kevin Smith, like this actually might be his best film production. Now the story goes in and out sometimes, but as far as yeah, I okay. So I I sent you a uh, a text earlier this week saying listen to the uh, the latest Smodcast, mm-hmm. which is Kevin Smith's thing, and he interviews um, Megan Phelps, who is a uh, who got out of the Westboro Baptist Church, and he the the movie Red State is based on the movie or based on the Westboro Baptist who, you know, picketed, um, uh, you know, soldiers' deaths and stuff like that, just reprehensible stuff, you know, in in the name of God, which, um, you know, we all... Best name ever. Yes. Um, And uh, he he made this movie based on that, and it was a fascinating... Well, if... Fascinating interview on Smodcast, and it was a fascinating movie for me because i he it was such a build-up and it's such a departure for him you know after jay and silent bob do whatever they do or you know whatever this is it's it, it, it's a, quite a departure and, and shows that he actually has some chops other than like if he just put the pot down for a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> you know well look i know i just rented it i have well, 30 days to watch it there you go on amazon so, so. you sold me because i was interested in it anyways so okay. there you go. Um, no, Kevin's, Kevin Smith is capable of so much more than he's willing to do. No, I mean, he puts out a ton of content with whether all like the 16 podcasts he has and all that stuff. So like, it's not like he's right. just a filmmaker and it's come to, I mean, he's not a great filmmaker. I'm, I'm willing to say that. I mean, I think it, he's better than he's willing to be. I think he's that a, he he's a great writer, I think. I think that he's willing to look. He's made some shit movies. Um, he's made some really good movies, and and it's a funny thing. Like when you talk about uh, the sophomore slump, is a very common uh, common thing for recording artists, mm. um, where you you put so much effort into your debut album that well, you your, put your, your whole life up. into that first. Right? Album. Yeah, you have your entire lifetime to make your debut album and you have eight months to make your follow-up. Um, he, for me, came out of the gate with three great movies. Um, 
if you want to debate the merits of the cinematography of it, sure, you can do that. Um, but but yeah, I mean, between with well, I would say, I mean, we I, we've talked about it before, but I think Clerks, Chasing Amy, and Dogma are in my top probably mm-hmm. fifty movies of all time. Clerks, maybe and Chasing Amy for me for sure. I like yeah. Mallrats a lot. I I don't know how much it holds up. I probably I probably haven't seen it in five years. I actually hate that movie. I think just it's so sophomore. It's so stupid. I th- I think Kevin Smith is pretty sophomoric. So. Oh, for sure. I mean, he's he's irreverent, but yeah, like he yeah, can be smart sure. irreverent. And Dogman no, is an example smart. of that. He is smart, and I think that's one of the things that makes him so intolerable to me, is that he is smart. And he makes these dumb fuck movies like Yoga Hosers. Yeah. Yeah. And then he plays dumb like the critics hate him for no reason at all. But whatever. That's not But I, I would say go into this. Um, I'd say the story. Look more of the filmmaking aspect of it. Yeah. The shots, the stuff like that. There is some good dialogue, but I think most of all it's the – just he actually looks like a filmmaker instead of a guy who writes good dialogue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, look, I'm not out to rip Kevin Smith. I, no, I'm, I'm not either. It's just yeah. I, I, I think that it's a lost movie that I think should be in his uh, oeuvre, mm-hmm. as it were. Um, and when you talk <laughs> about Kevin Smith, Red State should be in the list. Yes. Fair yes. enough. Fair enough. Well, I'm looking forward to it rented it i got 30 days to watch it so you guys are going to hear about it soon i like it um so uh next week we're going to be talking wind river atomic (laughs) blonde uh those are not readily available but you can rent them through your various uh you can rent them on amazon i'm sure uh red box if you're close by that Etc. Uh, we have our ways because we have great listeners like Fredo in Dallas. That's right. Um, and we're also going to be talking about The Wall, which is on Amazon Prime. And we are giving our strong recommendations to a little movie you might not have heard of called Jaws. <laughs> and uh, that's on Netflix. And also on Netflix is a movie called Jerry Seinfeld, Comedian. And... Uh, if you want to interact with us, at BroomViewPod on Twitter, email us, BroomViewPod at gmail.com. We love getting emails from you guys. And uh, we're also on Untapped, as previously mentioned, BroomViewPod. No spaces, no underscores, just BroomViewPod. And if you want to hear more of Brad, which, come on, you know you do, mm-hmm. SpanTheVoid.com. Well, Yes, and fortunately, you can hear more of me and you on one of the later episodes of Span the Void. Oh, yeah. Coming out shortly, probably within the next hour or so. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, check it out. Uh, We've... uh, Yeah, I was very happy. I was very grateful to be a guest because you guys and and us, we kind of... Obviously, we have this through road with you and myself, but we kind of came came up in this pod game together, and I think we kind of both realized that, hey, let's just have some fun. Get back to basics. Yeah. Have some laughs. Span the Void, uh, span the void and Mavs. Just 
Mm. Yes, sir. But uh, Matt and Andrew for Society, we don't have any of the Span the Void guys on in the recent past, but we're hoping in the near future. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is all on the SauceLounge.com, along with our wonderful little podcast, Bruin View Pod, uh, Bruin View on the SauceLounge.com and iTunes. But most importantly, we'd love it if you just, if you listen to us, interact with us. You don't have to subscribe, rate, comment. We just, we want to hear from you and we want to know what you're watching. We want to know what you like, what your tastes are, be it movies or beer. That's right. So reach out to us any way that is most convenient to you because we want to hear from you guys. Yeah. And the interaction is welcome. Is welcome. Pretty, pretty, pretty welcome. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into a good, good topic. Like I, like you, uh, you had a great suggestion and I, like I felt bad through text because we went back and forth. Hey, what do you want to do this week? And as is our way, we do it, you know, the day before, Oh, you know, what are we going to do? Because like far be it from us to uh, uh, plan out like the week before, Hey, you know, as we're talking, you know, random pop culture stuff before we start recording and after <laughs> we record, because uh, you know we end up a four-hour marathon and both of us got to get up early. Uh, but you said something about uh, uh, what was it? Um, uh, uh, seasonal seasonal yeah. movies that hold up that that you can watch the year, which I think is a good, really good topic. But like I always associate that with like Christmas movies, yeah. right? And you and were right. Like, you were right. You were like, like Christmas movie. And I was like, mm, yeah, Christmas or Halloween. <laughs> we're kind of in between that right now. So right. we'll we'll save it. Yeah. But like it and like when you think of, you know, uh, seasonal, that's I mean, I, for me anyways, it would be that. And, I, and that, then I thought about like what holiday is coming up. It's going to be Thanksgiving. We're not probably going to put a podcast out next week. Mm-hmm. So let's give them something to chew on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Literally or figuratively, um, uh, like okay. So what happens over Halloween or Halloween Thanksgiving? Family. You're gonna sit down with your family, most likely, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have some good times, but you're also probably gonna have some awkward conversations because, like, not every family gathering is fun, right? And and I think we've talked. Well, I know that we did this on um, on uh, uh, Mavs podcast, the best dinner scenes, right? Yeah, and I think we came up. Like I know I had like 15 movies on my my top my top my top five, but yeah. like every great movie has a great dinner scene. Like almost all movies have like good movies have a good dinner scene. Universally, there. I, I mean, meals are such a big part of like. I, I mean, getting down to basics, you have what three a day. Yeah. At some point, especially growing up, you're gonna have noteworthy meals and and in great movies uh, great movies have great relationships and relationships have meals and it, it's it actually is kind of a crutch for writers to like say oh let's put all these people in the same place and let's either introduce them or show <laughs> like how they interact with each other and that kind of thing and mm-hmm. i mean it kind of is right yeah um like if you're like to sit down and write a good dinner scene, like this is how this person interacts with this. Like this is the family da- dynamic or the the social dynamic of what what these people are doing. So what I thought was, um, I love uncomfortable. Right? I think it's like when uh, the um, 
the the stuff with Lucy came 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 out like mm-hmm. last week or whatever. When I heard that, I actually laughed out loud because <laughs> I love I love Louis C.K.'s comedy. I really do. I think he's funny. I think he's a genius as far as comedy goes. But like I've heard all his comedy and I've heard the stuff that he said, like as far as like, you know, men are terrible. men are, And like when he, he all that stuff came out about him masturbating in front of people, it's like I laughed because it was like uncomfortable. And like I knew that he was like, yep, this is. I'm of course he did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's kind of yeah. how I felt. I, I I don't condone it, but I do. I did also feel like, of course he did. Yes, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, it's just like funny because not laughing at the victims, of course, but like right. laughing at the fact that like that is the un- most uncomfortable moment in the world, and like that's what I wanted. To, uh, that's what I wanted to get into, like because everyone's had an uncomfortable moment, like you know, uh, your ninety-two grandma, ninety-two-year-old grandma farts at the table, or you know, Hell your yeah. um, your younger brother comes out as gay at the. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. That did or did not happen at our Thanksgiving. I'm baffled. No, 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 you're still not sure if it did or didn't happen. I, I don't know. But like I, that kind of stuff, like stuff that makes you cringe, makes yeah. you laugh, makes you like just I think it's fun to watch movies. And make, like you were saying with Raw, it's like it just made me feel like it's dis, disconcerting. Um, uh, but I thought this would be a good list to do for a Thanksgiving theme yeah. type thing. Yeah, because so. they happen quite frequently. Yes. So I got a, I got uh, out of my five, I've got four clips mm-hmm. um, to play, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just, I'm gonna go first. I'll let you uh, finish it off. But uh, in my uh, first, yeah. my for my first one uh, from, I think it was last year. One, of, well, I think both, I know both of you, both you and I like this movie, Captain Fantastic. Yes. Um, the the first. Uh, 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 the first time that the whole family kind of comes out into the into the uh, open and finds uh, or meets up with the rest of the family, the normal people, you know, the people that aren't living by um, uh, Noam Chansky's uh, uh, edict. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a this is a great scene where where uh, the kids. Uh, or, or, or the uh, the the normal family is exposed to what has been uh, that he's been teaching. Need a hand? No, we're fine. No, nope, we got it. Jackson, not at the table. Hey, Jackson. All right. Well, I am so happy that our family is together. Thanks for putting on this feast. <laughs> It's all local and um, organic and non-GMO, so. How did you kill those chickens? With an ax or a knife? I, I, di- I didn't have to kill the chickens. I, they, uh, I, they're it's a rotisserie chicken, so you buy it on, it's already dead or cooked on a thing. <laughs> so like, it's it, it, like you like at this point in the movie you're like you are all in on this family or you're not i mean whatever you're however you're like if you like this movie you're in on it or if you don't then you're not but like at this point you're like oh yeah this is how this is supposed to go in normal day life and uh i just thought it was just 
amazing. And this and this scene goes on for a little bit more than what, but this is just the precursor for the rest of the interaction between the the rest of the family. So it's the introduction to the real world to this this uh, group of misfit toys. Oh yeah. So I I really like this movie. I I I want to watch it again. Yeah, it's uh, a it, solid movie. Yeah. Great performance. Um, for sure by Viggo Mortensen, but the kids are great as well. Yeah, and I feel like um, younger child actors make or break a movie, um, and I feel like the whole cast delivered. So it's a good one. Um, hmm. Awkward dinner scene. What if I told you mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, you could be having dinner? And then all of a sudden, someone would be choking and uh, kind of, you know, spitting up their food. And uh, it'd be awkward for like, the, like uh, the exorcist? surrounding people. Like Alien. Oh. Oh. Uh, in 1979, they're not quite a family. But they are all on a mission together. Dallas, there Ripley, is f- Lambert, family. Brett, Kane, Dang. Ash, Parker, all of them. And uh, there is, yeah, there is a, there's a group dynamic. There's a family dynamic. And uh, poor, the late John Hurt is about to feel some pain as the uh, chestburster does what it's named for. Um, they're relaxing. They're having some food. Some, probably crappy you know space food in their the great lo-fi future that alien laid out for us which is so good i i love how um i the look and feel that really scott created with this movie is so good and even though we've advanced so far past what happens in alien there's no guarantee that you know, something shitty will happen, and this is as far as we get when we get to the future of <laughs> Alien. And uh, poor John Hurt. He, uh, yeah. it is, it's so unexpected. And at this point, it's it's been parodied in Spaceballs. It's, it's to be expected. But in 1979, when Alien came out, this is just a complete tonal shift in the movie. Where... Yeah. Um, because it is, it's a very sci-fi movie, and all of a sudden, this is when people describe Alien as a haunted house movie, but it's really not a haunted house movie until the chestburster scene, right? Where where and poor, now now something's lurking around yes, every corner. Yes, exactly. So it's it's just a good sci-fi movie, and then all of a sudden, Kane dies from the chestburster. Oh man. So good. I, I and, and the reactions from the people, because like people are like trying to get out of their seats and like like you know like yeah. uh, like some people are going towards them, and then other people were like uh, you know trying to get away. Yes, and uh, you know there's there's a whole mythos surrounding this very scene of like who knew and who didn't know that this was going to be right. That, and that's what I wanted. Like uh, you're the, you're the uh, trivia guy. F- and yeah. especially for this movie, like it, how much, like it had, this scene had to have been set up so much just for mm-hmm. the, the special effects. It couldn't, you know, there's like, just, so, how couldn't they know? 
I'm I'm not gonna do. I'm saving my clips for some other ones. But there's what wait. Uh, one of the women on on Doc screams, "Oh God!" And it's just so genuine and so like that's a terrible impression. I'm sorry, yeah. but but. <laughs> It's sound terrible. like sound like, like someone oh, getting their like god. matzo ball soup like the wrong order. Like oh god, oh god, it's just <laughs> no, it's just just you when you watch it, you hear it, and it's just so genuine and so unnerving, and it's just so well done. And um, that you gotta you gotta wonder who knew, who didn't know, and uh, this this movie is just a a masterclass. In um, in less is more. Yeah, and I, I I think this is one of the great things to point to. Uh, going back to Jaws, as we discussed, there's there's so many good examples in the '70s of less is more, and this is one of the last examples in 1979, the yeah. dinner scene in Alien. Sweet. I'm a fan. So. Um... My number four, so I haven't watched Raging Bull for years and years and years. It's probably been uh, maybe 10 or 12 years since I've watched it's Raging Bull. It's a good Bull. little movie. Oh, it, I mean, hell, it's, it's amazing, right? But there's one scene that sticks out in my mind, and it is so uncomfortable. It is so uncomfortable because it, it it's just... <laughs> It is, it's 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 the way that the characters interact, and it's um, uh, hold on, let me get the the names. It's it's Jake, uh, Jake Lamotta and uh, Vicky Lamotta, yes. and it's it's a back and forth, just a couple. It's just a what a minute and something, and you feel the tension. And it is so, it is so visceral. And it, it seems like, like I know like how, um, uh, Scorsese directs and I know how, uh, uh, at this, at this point in his, in his career, De Niro acted. I mean, it is method and it is real. And, um, this scene coming up right now is, uh, something's not quite with, quite right with the meal that's going on. Is it done? No, it's not done. Don't overcook it. You overcook it, it's no good. It defeats its own purpose. What are you doing? I just said don't overcook it. You're overcooking it. Bring it over. Watch a steak? Bring it over. Bring it over. It's like a piece of charcoal. Bring it over here. You want your steak? Yeah, right yeah. now. Can't wait. Done. No, I can't wait. Good. Okay. Happy. Happy. That's all I want. That's all I want. Here. No more. Here. Bought me. Bought a steak. Huh? You bought me. Bought a steak. Yeah. Now, like, so the the scene extends, and it it it, uh, we get Joe Pesci coming in, or you know Joey coming in later, but like, um, it (laughs) it gets that initial like. Uh, you feel that volcano like erupt or the, you know, coming to the surface and the geysers about to burst. How many analogies can I do right now? But like, <laughs> it's, 
like you feel that the simmer coming and all of a sudden it's just like flips the table i'm yeah. done you know it's like very you know, literal it, it, it it's it's you know it's that uh that tension on the water that oh god why, why do i keep doing that um it's it's a very tense scene yeah absolutely uh fantastic i uh Raging Bull is such a great movie. It's one of those, um, I feel like, unforgotten great Scorsese and Nero combos. Because they connected for a lot of great movies. Um, but for some reason, excuse me, for some reason, Raging Bull just doesn't come up as much as I think it should. Well, I mean, it's because, you know what it is? It's Goodfellas is so good. <laughs> Goodfellas it's, it's, is... It's almost too good. It's like... Um, yeah, it, it that is their peak, I think. That that movie, and the way he, the way Scorsese he did it, like the cuts and the all mm-hmm. the you know the the pop or the you know the 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 score, not the score, but the the soundtrack. The soundtrack is so good. that act as a score. Yeah. Well, I, I we were talking about before we started recording we were talking about favorite movies and i was saying i love jurassic park jurassic park is my go-to favorite movie but there's you know every dog has its day and there's definitely days where goodfellas is my favorite movie it's one of my favorite movies of all time for sure top five no doubt but there's days where if you approach me and you're like goodfellas or godfather there's days where i'd pick goodfellas Mm mm-hmm and I don't think Goodfellas could exist without The Godfather, but there's days where I like it better. Yeah, I agree. On a Sunday afternoon, where you don't have anything to do for two and a half hour, two and a half to three hours, you know, where there's you're some just awkward in dinners your, in your there. pajamas. Yeah, your robe and slippers, or just yes. your slippers, depending on who you are. Exactly. All, All right. right. Your number four. My number four. Uh, I know we've talked about this before. It might have been on Mavs, but I think it bears repeating. There is a dinner scene in The Breakup. No. Uh, starring yeah. Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Anderson. Jennifer Aniston. Uh, that. It's almost like a dark comedy. It right? is. It's a very. It's. It's a very realistic comedy. It's. It's. Um. I like this movie. I think it's a really good movie. I think it's the best of Vince Vaughn. I think it's the best of Jennifer Aniston. I think that both of them are doing their thing. Um, oh, speaking of uh, the best of Vince Vaughn, I'm looking yeah. forward to... Yeah, Cell Block? Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the, the Whatever, the fight in Cell Block 99 or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm in for sure. Yeah. I'm in. I'm looking forward to, to the day that you and I can talk about that because I'm... I'm interested. Um, but much lighter. <laughs> yes. Uh, the uh, There is a scene. So uh, Vince Vaughn plays a very, he's a Polish Chicagoan from a Polish Chicago family, which uh, the, the Grabowskis, <laughs> which is, so true to life. You don't even know. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so true to life. They exist. There's if you drive up, if you're in Chicago and you drive up Harlem, 
there, you will hit a point where signs are in Polish. Oh, really? Yeah. But so they, the uh, Vince Vaughn's family is very, they ring very true as a Polish Chicago family. And uh, they are having dinner with Jennifer Aniston's family, which is a little bit more bohemian. I guess. And uh, <laughs> uh, John Michael Higgins, who is a fantastic character actor, plays Richard Myers as uh, Jennifer Aniston's brother. And I think he might be closeted in this, but he's just so o- overtly gay. He's and, the best. Oh, he's so good. And he, uh, he performs in an acapella group called the Tone Rangers. I guess the best way to, to put it in words is just uh, Even that doesn't do it. That doesn't do it because that's just one person. And what I'm talking about is the pulse of the collective. Oh heck. Let me just show you how it's done. Dad, how about a little percussion? Tap, tap, tappy. Tap, tap, tappy. Tap, tap, tappy. Tap, tap, tap. Mom, hi-hat. Good mom. Excellent. And Gary, on the kick drum. Come, come. On the kick drum. Come, come. That's Gary. Come, come with the kick drum. Come. Come, come with the kick drum. Gary, on the kick drum. Come, come. That's Gary on the kick drum. Go. And Gary, in the house. Come, come. Come, come with the kick drum. Come, come. I'm just not really the kick drum kind of guy. I'd rather be just a listener and enjoy all the, the banging that he's doing. In you know, the, uh, Gary, that's your prerogative. That's your right to listen. Meantime, I got to talk to Brooke about something. It's called the bass line. Excuse me. Good Carol. Good Brooke. Yes, Dennis. Totally awesome. And it is just so awkward and so uncomfortable because Vince Vaughn is kind of the POV character for for me at least as a as a guy watching the movie. Um he he plays the POV character and you're just like I do not want to be in this situation. Right. Um, but John Michael Higgins is, is so committed to being 180 degrees, the antithesis of what Vince Vaughn's character is, that it is just so funny to watch the two of them clash. I, I think it's one of the great dinner scenes in movies. And if uh, the breakup is forgotten to time, that's fine. I I think it's got some some pretty redeeming qualities, especially as a a romantic comedy. But you got to remember that dinner scene because that dinner scene is it's pretty special. Nice, yeah. yeah, he's really great. And the the uh, the last thing I saw him in was uh, Shimmer Lake, which is a Netflix original thing that I saw this summer. Um, he he plays a not a bit role, but maybe a, a, a supporting character and he's always like when he's on screen you're just drawn to him and like he does his thing like he's he's a one note character but he does that 
he does that thing that he does yeah. and it's it's really good so yeah yeah absolutely love it love it michael clark higgins does yes great job. John, John Michael Higgins. Michael, what did I say? Michael Clark. <laughs> yes, Michael Clark Higgins. John yeah. Michael Higgins. Yes. I'm looking at all these characters. Okay. Yes. My bad. Sorry. That's all right. No, no, no. It's not all right. I'm drinking too much. It's. I think it's time for your number three. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a classic, and I, I don't have a good – I couldn't find a good YouTube clip for it, but um, anyone with a, any – everyone has seen this movie, so you don't have to really go back too far to see it, but you have to go back to the future to see the awkward dinner scene where, uh, where, uh, Marty McFly is having dinner with his, his, his mother who is actually has the hots for him. Oh, hell yeah. And there is some uncomfortable leg squeezing and footsie playing and, uh, just a, a fun little scene between, you know, uh, uh, hey, Uncle Joe, you're gonna get used to these bars. Time for dinner. You know, of course we've seen this. It was it's it's a rerun. It's a, I love this one. It's a classic. That kind of thing. It's just a great a awkward moment, and you know, a fish out of water type story. It's just awkward and like, but fun awkward. You know, like yeah. where you know you have you know not the raging bull thing where you know you're flipping the dinner and you know there's uh, you know hints of domestic violence. This is more. Um, incestuous which is yeah. a lot more fun oh yeah always always so no, yeah it's a good one. uh it's a, it's a great scene and uh, like I, I mean everyone has seen back to the future and why not it's it's amazing it's a near so, perfect movie yeah well, it, yeah i mean it possibly could be the perfect movie i've heard that people don't like the vest that marty wears but I, I kind of disregard that. I mean, it's, it's a pretty it's good vest. It's a pretty good vest. Yeah. Um, I just I will always think of, uh, and my dad used to say this all the time, especially growing up in the Midwest, meatloaf, which is such a disgusting concept. Meatloaf. Uh, well, Marty, I hope you like meatloaf. Like I will always associate that statement with this movie. Though. Right. Such a memorable dinner scene. It's right. it sticks with you for sure. Oh, that's a good that's a good topic. We could do like because your dad was such a he was a big he liked film a lot. Yeah, like he's, he's stuff a movie guy. you got from like movies you got from um, much older people. Which pretty much this whole like movies I recommend mm-hmm. to you would be all those movies. But you know, like <laughs> no, you're not much older. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't panic. <laughs> uh, but like, like a a good top five would from like movies from your dad or like someone you know what I mean. Oh, or yeah. you know, for me it would be like the movies that uh, my uncle would uh, rip. For, you know, he'd have the two VCRs set up and oh, they would, yeah, he did that whole thing or tape off of HBO. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll tell you right now off the bat, my three of them would be. Pulp Fiction, American Pie, and Jaws. So hmm. that's a pretty well, solid we'd list. We'd have one crossover so far. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone, that... everyone loves American Pie. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, so my number three has two really good dinner scenes. But specifically, uh, there's a little movie called Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. 
which I've tried really hard not to talk about on this podcast because uh, I think I've talked about it a lot. Uh, you can always talk about Step Brothers. There's, it's, it's, oh, that's another good top five. Top five quotable movies. Yeah, it is a very quotable movie. Well, um, number one would be Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski is such a one of my biggest. Um, I'm worst thi- at tangents. Like one I, of the things I, that brings me. I love tangents too. So this is just, yeah. yeah. We're, so we're that both. is actually a tangent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of my one of the great joys in my life was uh, introducing my girlfriend to The Big Lebowski, oh, which she great, now yeah. claims as her favorite movie. That's like when someone asks what her favorite movie is, she says The Big Lebowski. I'm like, yes. Um, so Step Brothers has a lot of great – it has two great dinner scenes. Mm, I take that back. It has three great dinner scenes. You have the initial dinner scene um, between uh, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, Mary Steenburgen, and Richard Jenkins, which is the mm. one I want to talk about. Tell, I don't know if you – you might want to try this. I make a sauce, we call it fancy sauce. Mm, for me. That um, Brennan really likes with his chicken nuggets. It's my fancy sauce. Well, when Brennan finishes, um, I'll give you some of this. And it's it's ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together. So, mm, so good. I want some fancy sauce. Yeah. I'm not done using it. It's good. Can I have fancy sauce? Of course. <laughs> of course. I'm, I'm using it right now. Okay. So let's just... Want to try it here? Let's just let him try some. Yeah, I really would like some. Just one last spoonful. I think you've got, got enough there, Brennan. So here you go. Thanks. It's uh, ketchup and mayonnaise. Ugh. Uh-uh. I don't like it. It smells weird. Okay. I'll try some. You want some? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. You don't mind, do you, Brennan? I'm not comfortable. That's okay. No, it's okay. It's probably not good on fish anyway. But my dad's king of the castle, so if he wants fancy sauce, he should. No, if he wants fancy sauce, he can make his own batch. So you know what? Today, when you were driving around, Dale was telling me that he's really into kung fu, and I was telling him that you're really into kung fu as well. I have a green belt. Read it and weep. I don't believe in belts. There should be no ranking system for toughness. But one time I wrestled a giraffe to the ground with my bare hands. It's not true, Dale. Don't be ridiculous. And you have John C. Riley dropping a little knowledge on the mic. He has a song that goes a little something like this. If you want to get down on these hairy balls, <laughs> then why don't you jump right in? It's a crotch party right up in here. So why don't you lick on this big junk? <laughs> um, you you have John C. Riley, who is such an incredible, understated comedic actor. Oh yeah, and even Will, when he's playing straight, he's yeah. he's funny. And Will Ferrell, who wears his emotions on his face better than most actors today. His like bewildered and like oh. Yeah, just the, the befuddled, confused. He's so good at it. And yes. uh, so you have the two of them 
they're facing off with Mary Steenburgen, Mary Steenburgen and Richard Jenkins, who are great actors in their own right, um, trying to rein their sons in. <laughs> and, and you have them insulting each other, and you have Will Ferrell sort of crying, which is just one of the <laughs> one of the best faces. Like, yes, it just, it, just it, it can not be done justice on the audio medium like it it needs to be seen and uh oh man this is just this is one of my favorite dinner scenes the first dinner scene in Step Brothers when they they are still oil well it's water. it's the posturing you yeah. know it's like yeah. it's like the absolutely like i know it's not politically correct but like the retarded posturing yeah you know between the two no, like you're right. You're um, right. inept stags yeah you know like one horn stags. Well, trying yeah, to... they're both fighting for superiority, but they're both incredibly inferior people. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's so much fun, and it's just so like. As a parent, you you have a dog in the fight, but they're both such fucking idiots. <laughs> it's just so difficult to like, support one of them, but I I. I I try not to talk. Step Brothers, Goodfellas are two of the movies that I try not to talk about. But when you talk about awkward dinner scenes, it's it's hard not to because there's three to choose from in Step Brothers. Right. Yeah, it's uh, they're all good. Yeah. All good. Um. So I forgot to mention. Um, uh, Captain Fantastic is streaming on Amazon. So if you're looking for, you want to watch that because a movie we both liked, streaming yeah. on Amazon. Um, b- 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 Raging Bull is on Cinemax. So if you have that uh, uh, antiquated movie channel, maybe you want to watch that. But uh, for my number, and Back to the Future, uh, you probably have it on DVD. So yeah. Pop it in. Come on. <clears throat> uh, my number two is streaming on Amazon. A uh, movie I watched just recently. And I think you watched it as well. Maybe? I mean, yes. Um, of I can't remember what year it's from, but uh, Lars and the Real Girl. Yes. So we get um, we have and uh, you asked me for an example of an awkward, um, awkward is uh, family moment, family dinner type situation, and uh, this is the first one that came to my head because it's so. It's so creepy. So what 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 we get is um, uh, Ryan Gosling is is uh, is playing uh, out of, uh, not what, what he's not typecast in this. This is uh, you know Ryan Gosling. We think of him as this you know strapping young man, the new lead man in all movies, always good looking. Every one, woman wants to be with him. Every man wants to be him. Um, but in this movie, he goes against type and is playing a, uh, an awkward sibling who is living in a garage uh, of, of his brother and his sister-in-law. And he is socially inept and finally finds the love of his life. And it is a real girl, which is a uh, blow up doll that he finds on the internet. And in this scene for the, well, this is this movie, this scene goes about a minute 30 and for the first 30, you're going to not going to hear a whole lot except for uh, forks uh, clanking. But I would suggest look up Lars and the real girl 
dinner scene and the acting on the faces of the people involved in the scene. It's amazing. But for the first 30 seconds, you don't hear a whole lot, but it's him first introducing his new girlfriend to his brother and sister-in-law. Bianca's from the tropics. She, well, she's Brazilian. We're half Brazilian, half Danish, that's right. And somebody stole her luggage. Oh. Yeah, and they stole her wheelchair. That's terrible. <clears throat> yeah, can you believe that, Gus? Yeah, I can't believe it. Right. Well, it's it makes me angry. Anyway, uh, I wanted to ask you a favor. She doesn't mind. I promise. Well, Karen, you don't mind lending Bianca some clothes, do you? She doesn't have any. sure we're the same type, Lars. Well, that's okay, Karen, because Bianca doesn't really care about superficial things like that, so it's okay. So it's it's a, it's actually a really poignant movie. This movie, I, I really like this movie. It it yeah. was it was touching in all the right ways, but just a little off center, you know. Uh, to steal a term from uh, Kevin Smith again, it's a little askew. Um, you know, it's like you know how does a, how does a, a community community work? They they stand behind each other, even if they're really really weird. And it 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 was this was like a heartwarming movie in an absurd uh, with an absurd story. And I I really enjoyed it. Um, I think you had a couple misgivings about it, or I I can't remember. For, I, I mean, liked you can it. go back and listen to it. Um, I'll I'll check my IMDb score, but I I did like it. No, I know. I I I think I think both of you both both of us had a couple like here or there, but like I know like the the poignant scenes like where um he's the introductions and and to the you know the uh, the hardy folk of the Midwest. Like I think it's somewhere in Minnesota or you know Wisconsin or something like that where you know you know. People, little—they don't know what a real girl is, let alone have ever met one. And it's just—it's mm. fun to watch them interact. So, mm. yeah. Now, I—I think this is a solid movie. I'm looking up my—I gave it a seven. Yeah. Um, and it's trending at about a seven point four. So, it's got a great cast. Um, I, but Ryan Gosling, just fantastic. the looks on both of. Uh, I can't. I can't remember her name. I Emily her. Mortimer. Mortimer. Yeah, yeah. and she, Paul Schneider, who they're both great in their own right. The way they are trying to keep it together between them, because they're having family troubles of their own, and it's like this yeah. is just adding on to it, and it, it's just such a, an awkward scene. It just made me laugh, and made me laugh watching watching it again. Yeah, I uh, feel like it kind of brings their troubles to a head. Mm-hmm. In a way, because it it shouldn't, because it's like well, I know. 
well, we're we're having problems, but at least we don't have a fake spouse. Yes. <laughs> but instead, it kind of just yes. magnifies the issues they're having. Yeah. Well, it, like either you come together on a uni- unified front, right, or yeah. you are fighting a common foe, or uh, or you're fighting each other through the common foe. Or, mm-hmm. You know, the end of my enemy is my friend. The end of my enemy of my enemy is my enemy. So. Well, I agree. My number two is a very dumb movie that I love very much. Uh, It got a Metascore of 33, uh, but I gave it a 9 on IMDb. Mm -hmm. It's the story of a 35-year-old video game tester has moved in with his grandma and her two old lady roommates. From 2006, the movie is Grand- the movie is Grandma's Boy, and I probably saw it at the perfect time. I saw it at a time in my life where uh, beer pong and beer bongs were very prevalent, and uh, it features uh, all of Adam Sandler's cohorts. And the lovely and talented Linda Cardellini. And uh, the scene I'm specifically talking about is when they go to a vegan restaurant at the uh, recommendation of their boss. And uh, the likes of Alan Covert and uh, Nick Swardson, a not yet famous Jonah Hill and Kelvin Yu, as well as Linda Cardellini go to sit down and have a dinner at a restaurant where they know nothing about the culture, nothing about the lifestyle, nothing about the menu, and they are very much upset. To have our big dinner, huh? Mr. Cheesel picked it. There's a shocker. This menu sucks. The tofu cakes look kind of good. Maybe. Do they even have alcohol? Actually, we don't serve alcohol, bomber, I know, but... uh... This must be your first time here at Our Lady Health. I'm Shiloh. I'll be your waiter all day. I'm sorry. Did you say your name was Shiloh? Yeah, Shiloh. That's weird. <laughs> what? It's weird. He meant gay. <laughs> no alcohol? This place sucks. Hey, fella, give it a chance. We do serve shots of wheatgrass. That's cool if you want to be sober and vomit. <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir. What do you recommend for appetizers? Ooh, you know what everyone's buzzing about is the bean sprout quesadilla. Mmm. You know what? There's a Tommy Burger right down the street. Let's just do that, you guys. Yeah, that sounds good. Look, guys, come on. I know the food's a little different here, but it's actually good and good for you. We don't serve it with any grease or fat. If we pay extra, could we maybe get some grease or fat? <laughs> do you have bathrooms here or do I have to shit in the plant? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid fucking idiot, red-shirted ass. You guys think you're so fucking cool. Makes me sick. Let's go make fun of the vegans and their crazy lifestyle. We're not hurting anyone. Go eat a hamburger and choke on a cow dick. Aw, someone missed their yoga class this morning. Come on, let's go. Nice karma, guy blow. (laughs) You said it wrong, stupid. It's Shiloh. And, uh, it's it's awkward. It's, (laughs) it's... It's unpleasant to think about um, if you've ever worked in a serving job or anything like that. This is the last thing you want to deal with. 
and <laughs> it's just so good. I I love the the banter, the shit talking. The Nick Swartzen's so great in this scene. Um, from him complaining about having to shit in the plants um, to being pissed about no alcohol. And Jonah Hill has a great line about the tofu cakes look good. Maybe? Like, no one's sold on this. Their their boss is very hippy-dippy, and he's not there with them, so they're they're stuck with this. And, and uh, David Spade's outburst is fantastic, too. So this is a, a, a stupid comedy that I absolutely love. Uh, with an absolutely stupid dinner scene full of stupid people that I I really just can't get enough of. This is one of the first things I thought of when you brought up awkward dinner scenes. So nice. I'm glad you like it. I that's it's for me. It's a it's yeah. it's admittedly of a time and a place. Mm-hmm. So I'll say that I it's, yes. If I saw it now. I don't know if I'd like it, but yeah, I saw it at the right time, at the right place. There you go. Yeah, never gonna, never gonna crush you for it. Never gonna give. Never gonna give. Mm. Give you. Mm. You just got rickrolled. Hell yeah! All right, so my number one. All right, so uh, my clip is the culmination of this dinner. It's not the whole dinner scene itself. It's just the what happens. The uh, the uh, the climax, and it's not the whole climax because it gets pretty, uh, pretty raunchy. But it has uh, it's hmm. American History X. Yes, it's Edward Norton and it's Beverly D'Angelo, and it's um, <clears throat> what's his name? Uh, Elliot Gold, uh, and it and Edward Furlong. But who cares? Um, <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, um, but it is when I thought. <laughs> The first one I thought was Lars and the Real Girl, and then I thought, oh, but this one is the one that's most uncomfortable, and this is the one you're going to talk about with your your kids and your kids' kids, and like this is not this is how not to have a family dinner, and uh, 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 Edward Norton or Derek Vineyard's uh, mother brings home a. Uh, 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 a beau, uh, a suitor, uh, a boyfriend to dinner to introduce him to her, her two young, her, her two uh, sons, trying to have a nice happy meal. But it all ends. Nice try. Terribly. What are you doing, Derek? This is your family. Right, my family, my family. So you know what? I don't give two shits about you or anybody else or what you think. You're not a part of it and you never will be. That has nothing to do with it. Oh, it doesn't? You don't think I see what you're trying to do here? You think I'm going to sit here and smile while some fucking kike tries to fuck my mother? It's never going to happen, Murray. Fucking forget it. Not on my watch. Not while I'm in this family. So, the, like, the lead up to this, like, it's an awkward dinner scene. And everything is told in flashbacks and stuff. Like, this mm-hmm. this is an effective movie. I, I have a special place. I know why people, some people hate this movie. But I, I personally really like it. It's it's visceral. And it's a little overdramatic at times. But, like, it's, um, and obviously it's told from, like, it's, you know, the people are hyper- realized and you know the bad guys are really bad the good guys are really good you know that kind of thing and then there's that dramatic switch which you know can be believable or not whatever um but 
for my money, the the dinner scene is it it, it made me want to crawl out of my seat whenever I watched it for the first time. Yeah, it's a tough watch for sure. Um, I th- yeah, I think it just it's a good movie it, that gets a bad rap. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, the but like the the lead up to uh, the scene we just heard um, is there's there's an uncomfortableness to it. It's mm-hmm. you know there's some snide comments and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it blows up into and it and it even gets worse. Uh, hopefully you cut it off before we got too descriptive. But um, yes, uh, yeah, for my money, it I think it's it's not Edward Ed Norton at his best, but it's probably at his most. Um, his most ripped for sure. His most ripped. I, mean, I would no, say it's no, the no, most no. committed he's been to a character. He was really ripped in the Hulk. Was he or was the computer generated image? Well, he was the Hulk. Fair enough. Fair enough. I actually like that. I liked the uh, what was it? The Incredible Hulk with. Yeah, Burns. I think so. I thought it was pretty good. Pretty. Solid. I just heard. I heard he was so hard to work with. That that's why yeah. he, that's why um, Mark Ruffalo is now. Look, oh, I I like Mark Ruffalo. I'll always um, think of the kids are all right, but once I get over that, I like mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo. I like Mark Ruffalo. Well, then you'll like Thor Ragnarok as well. I'm, we're gonna find out pretty soon. I actually oh, yeah. I got some uh, free AMC tickets recently. I actually think OT will like that. I think she'll have fun with it. Because yeah. there's some good female leads in it. Yeah, Not that a bunch of ripped that, dudes. Like... That's great. I'm so excited for her to see that. Look, I've been riding my bike, so I'm no slouch. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I've got uh, number one for you. I don't know. I don't think you're crazy about this movie. Um, I'm crazy about the writer of this movie, Mr. John Hughes. I'm not crazy about the director, Mr. Chris Columbus. Uh, But from 1990, there's a really great culmination scene. Your POV character kind of shows up at the end of dinner, and that would be Mr. Macaulay Culkin uh, in Home Alone. He shows up at the (laughs) kind of the the tail end of dinner. And uh, it is a really good scene. This scene is amazing. Yeah. Okay. I, I you don't like this movie, right? I mean, it's it's okay. If you I, don't. I'm no, but dude, I was 1990. No? I was 16 years old. I was like, That's, this is a kids' movie, dude. You're good. You're good. I don't want you to feel like you have to like my picks. I, um, I, you know, 1990. No, no, I actually I do like that because I I can't wait to show this to my kid. Yeah, I think he's gonna really like it. Joe Pesci trying not to swear. Who? Who wouldn't love that? But I think the most effective scene in this movie is that scene. It, like yeah. the one you're talking about. Yeah, it's, absolutely. So it's, so he kind of shows up at the tail end of dinner. They're the, the McAllister family in 1990s Home Alone. The McAllister family is getting ready to, they're heading to France the next morning. So they ordered a bunch of pizza and you see um, the pizza delivery guys there and he's, just a huge dweeb, and he shows up again later, which is great. Um, Joe Pesci's there in the foyer, um, pretending to be a Chicago police officer, and um, it's just chaos. Chaos reigns. And you cut to... Chaos reigns. Disappointed! Uh, <laughs> you cut to the kitchen, 
everyone's just chowing down on pizza. And Kevin shows up. He played by Macaulay Culkin. Kevin shows up. And he's a kid. He's a picky. Ooh, almost knocked my beer over. He's a kid. He's a picky eater. And uh, there's no cheese pizza left for him. And so he gets in a fight with his older brother, Buzz, who shoves him. And he ultimately ends up knocking some stuff over. And chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. Chaos. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Chaos, I tell you. It reigns. And Uncle Frank, the worst family member in cinema history, uh, calls him a little jerk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you get that this entire family is against him and you get the idea of the isolation and alienation that he feels it, as a kid it goes back to what we were saying about it being not a crutch but like a way to set up all the family dynamics right yes like it, it shows you everything in this one scene yes because and and it's if you want to talk about the shortcomings of it you could say yes all these characters play one dimension, but all these one dimensions reflect upon Kevin. And uh, it's it's just such a good scene that sets up his alienation and his desire to be alone. And, you know, he, he doesn't want to share the bed with Fuller because he's, you know, swigging Pepsis and his, his uncle's not nice to him and his older brothers are bullying him. And um, even before the dinner scene, <laughs> One of my favorite lines in the movie is, you're what the French call les incompetents. Because <laughs> he can't pack his own suitcase. Like, everyone's just shitting on this kid. And then they see him as the problem child, and they further alienate him. So it sets up all the... It sets up the major um, arc for the story of the movie. And I think it does it in just such a great way. And... Uh, just Uncle Frank is just the worst, worst family member in history, in <laughs> cinema history. He's, you who little calls an eight-year-old a little jerk because you spilled milk on your pizza? Hmm. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And so it it's it's it, aggressive. It, it does it. It does it. It ca- captures what. It's like whenever you have like a bunch of people over and you're just trying yeah. to, okay, let's keep everybody happy. It's, oh, what yeah. are you going to do? Let's get pizza. Okay. Everyone, everyone likes pizza. Mm-hmm. Throw it out there. But it's, it's so chaotic still. It like captures the chaos of that pre. And even if you're not from a big family, if the four of you or the six of you are going on vacation, it's chaos. It's still chaos. Chaos, chaos reigns, as reigns. one might say. <laughs> and and uh, it's it does such a good job of capturing that. And it, it just does such a good job of setting up Kevin as the protagonist. Because his later tendencies are a little... Columbine-y. Um, <laughs> So, so this covers those bases by you know giving it providing some backstory. You don't hit you don't hit Joe Pesci in the face with a can of paint because you're well adjusted. You don't make the narrator from the Wonder Years step on broken glass because you're sane. Come on, 
<laughs> no, it, it it does a good job of setting up the character of Kevin, and it does a good job of of setting him up as the POV character because he is a little whiny, is a little obnoxious, but he becomes sympathetic based on the way that the rest of the family treats him. So, right, I think it's yep. a really great, really effective dinner scene. I like it. Big fan. Mm-hmm. And also, chaos. Reigns. Oh, oh hell yeah. <laughs> uh, well, to that I say, it was a good list. And your final one was very good. Mm. And for that, I shall call you a clever girl. Oh, baby, I like it, boy. 